Ho, 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 Docolo, and welcome to yet another episode of The Documenteers, the finest podcast about documentaries in all of Whoville and beyond. My name is Bob Sham, and I talk about documentaries with a friend every week, and we have reached our second official Christmas episode. All Christmas eps are done with my wife, Angela. It's very convenient that way. Last year, we reviewed those fireplace videos, which... Go back and listen to that if you want a good time. Am I right? This year we discussed a doc about one of the most obnoxious holiday tropes. Christmas music. But Mitch Kazin doesn't just collect any Christmas music. He wants it rare, weird, and sincere. Angela and I are in your stocking discussing the flick. Jingle Bell Rocks by Mitchell Kazin. And you can find it on Prime Video if you already have that. And I don't recall the song Jingle Bell Rock appearing at all in this documentary. Good. I hate that tired ass song. Next week on the podcast, we take our first ever break. No episodes long or short. I suspect I'll be editing feverishly that week. After the first weekend of January, we will return with Drew to discuss Jeff Tremaine's 30 for 30 Birth of Big Air about BMX Phenom and Stuntman Matt Hoffman. Also, Drew knocks down all his January shorties, as well as more discussions on fresh-ass docs all month long to open up the year of 2020. And let's be honest, this show probably going to be one of the only great things about 2020. Let's, let's keep it real. If you appreciate us, show us by listening, recommending, subscribing, and giving a nice five stars and a written review on the Apple Podcast platform. It is a big deal to us. It helps a lot. March also is Listener Request Month. We're taking requests up until the end of January, including Shorty's request and a 30 for 30 request, if you have one in mind. We will draw from a hat. It's going to be fun. Music clips in this Christmas episode are understandably prominent considering the subject matter. Plenty of clips of songs from the movie and our own reminiscences. The artists featured are as follows. The Moon Glows, Amy Grant, Nat King Cole, Willie Nelson, The Chipmunks, The Ronettes, Jingle Cats, Free Design, Clarence Carter, Paul Fat Daddy Johnson, Akeem, Run DMC, The Flaming Lips, R. Kelly, Blind Lemon Jefferson, Heather Knoll, and probably more Jingle Cats. You like Jingle Cats, right? That is all of that. Yeah, I did say R. Kelly in there. It is contextualized around his crimes. Uh, trigger warning, I suppose. But yeah, R. Kelly does appear. We're, we were talking about maybe someday getting to that surviving R. Kelly special. Let's not talk about R. Kelly anymore. It's Christmas time. Angela and I are with you, cozing up by the fire. Eggnog with a little extra something-something in it. And this is it. The last full episode of 2019. Uh, we appreciate you. And um, here are our final, final farewell this Friday for our final shorties of the year. This year, we started shorties after one year of only full episodes. And I've come to love doing the shorties. It's They're a lot of fun. And, uh, and of course, they're barely documentaries as steady listeners know. But enough of that. Documentariespodcast.com if you want to know more about us, see what's up, or what our press reviews are. In your request, you can go to documentariespodcast.com to make sure uh, when you're sending a request that we haven't already discussed that film. And of course, 
Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year's to you. And we thank you. And Karen, thank you for the American movie uh, needlework thing. I love it. It's hanging up right now. It probably won't ever go down. And uh, yeah, one love. Peace on Earth. Keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Just a lonely, lonely Christmas. What a glad one it would be. Sick edition Christmas recording. <laughs> Winter time is sick time. All shorties, you've heard me be sick recording. <laughs> Some of the last of November, I was sick doing intros. Yeah. This is sick bank time. Yep. It's also Christmas time. Merry Christmas, Bob. This is our last full length episode of the year because we're going to take uh, next week off from full, full length episodes. Really, the holiday time around this time, Christmas and New Year's, is amongst the lowest in terms of listening because everyone's just so busy. I guess they catch up to it later. You'd think it would be opposite because people would want to get away from their families. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) But I guess it's hard to go hide in your room and listen to a podcast when your whole family's over. But man, imagine wanting to get away from your family to hear us. I don't know what's sadder, (laughs) to be honest. We're pretty great. I know, but come on. You left me hanging with my Merry Christmas, Bob. Merry Christmas, Angela. Happy holidays, ha- even. Happy holidays. All of them happy. Happy that. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Yeah, last week we celebrated Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Last year we did a gathering of the Dokalos. Because it's also, the first of the year is also the anniversary of the show. Yeah, two years. But we're just too busy at the end of this year. <laughs> In fact, we're not... We're going to be just south of Boston by the time this episode drops. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it'll snow there. I'm. Is it weird that I kind of want it to blizzard? No, because I do, too. But I am also worried that I will die. 
Yeah. Because we've never been anywhere that cold in our lives. I only recall maybe one Christmas my whole life where it snowed. It snowed multiple Christmases. A couple of times. Big heavy snow, like build a snowman snow, very we, few times. We don't get big heavy snow, but like once every five years. Yeah, Tennessee Christmas. How's that song go? Another tender Tennessee Christmas. The only Christmas for me. It's the only Christmas for me. Where the love circles around us like the gifts around our tree. Talk about how there's no snow. Well, I know there's more snow up in Colorado than my roof will ever see. I've never heard of that song. You've never heard that song? Apparently they missed that song in this movie that we're going to discuss. Tender Tennessee Christmas. But a tender Tennessee Christmas is the only Christmas for me. It's like it's like a Lee Greenwood or some kind of other old country eighties problematic oh, now person. He's problematic. I think there's maybe some racist things. I should just say like I let's, think, but I don't know what the I don't know if it was racist or something else. Let's have an open acknowledgement that the past is pro- problematic, <laughs> and it's sure. not really yeah. The past is problematic. Let's yeah. stop talking about it like it's a big shock. Oh, no, it's not a big shock. I just don't know specifically in the way he's problematic. I just know there's like a problem. Like there's something. Oh, in the song, there's a problem. Or like with him as a person. What What is his problem? I'd have to do some research. I just think there's a reason. So we don't even know? Oh, man. No, I don't. Exactly. I said I think. I mean, he's a shitty recording artist who makes shit music. God bless the USA. Did he say something racist or some shit? I think so, but I don't want to say the wrong thing. That's why I said problematic instead of racist or whatever. I'm pretty sure Lee Greenwood was probably behind 9-11. Oh, God. <laughs> Think of how many albums he sold after that shit. Oh, because they re-released God Bless the USA? Yeah, after 9-11. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I think that. he was allegedly in on it. Oh, man. So, yeah, you're right. He is problematic. <laughs> he fucking helped cause 9-11. I got your number, you motherfucker, Lee Greenwood. What if he didn't even sing Tender Tennessee Christmas? (laughs) I don't don't even know. know. (laughs) So today, we watched a Christmas movie-ish. Ish? It is a Christmas movie. I mean, it is about Christmas music, but it didn't seem to necessarily take place during Christmas time. This movie is called... Jingle Bell Rocks? Jingles Bells Rocks. I think there's one S, but I didn't know where it was in the word. But I think it's Jingle Bell Rocks. Yes. And it is basically... The exclamation point is the most important part. By Mitchell Kazin. Yes. And it's basically a bathtubs over Broadway for Christmas music. And in particular records, LPs and 45s. And about this guy, Mitchell, who has been obsessed with Christmas music... Since he was a young boy and heard the Nat King Cole song, The Boy Santa Claus Forgot. Yeah. As a young boy, I didn't understand at the time the concept of a recording of an LP. It felt like he was alive in the room, suddenly explaining to me, trying to comfort me. I'll tell you of a little boy who lives across the way. This little fellow's Christmas is just another day. 
He's the little boy that Santa Claus forgot. And goodness knows he didn't want a lot. Yeah, that's it. As we go through more and more documentaries, we're starting to get like little subgenres within documentaries. Yeah. And we, you mentioned uh, bathtubs over Broadway. Mm -hmm. And we touched base on this a little bit in the High Note documentary Johnny and I discussed uh, last year. Mm hmm. And it's a, a type of middle-aged white man <laughs> that is obsessed with finding very specific vinyl records. Yeah. I must know a hundred of these types of dudes. I felt like I've come close to becoming one of these dudes, but I kind of have to pull myself back uh-huh. in terms of gathering a bunch of shit. Now I'm just obsessed with wrestling for some reason. But yeah, Mitchell Cuisine and like Steve Young in Bathtubs Over Broadway is a avid record collector of very specific types of records. The types of records that I walk by a thousand times <laughs> in a record store. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> These records are not in danger of me buying them because well, I hate Christmas music. And that's kind of the other thing that ha- it does have in common with the bathtubs over Broadway is that this is music that is not front and center and displayed Either people don't have it, they don't know they have it, it's mixed in with kids stuff, or, you know, they don't think anyone wants to buy it, so he asks about Christmas songs and people look at him like he's crazy. You got any Christmas vinyl? You're shaking your head like there's something wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I find it perverse that you're asking. These types of uh, middle-aged white men, they're becoming endangered. The guys that pour over... Because we see him talking to many other middle-aged white men who collect the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're one, they're like radio obsessive. You hear them on freeform radio stations. Mm-hmm. They're dying out, which is sad. I love. I still love. I'm old enough to love the radio still. Memories of good radio. Sure. But uh, even though all that's dying off, and this is my favorite type of middle-aged white man, truly the specific vinyl obsessive. And this- Nashville has tons of these types of people. Yes. Um. This. Middle-aged white man in particular is very emotionally tied to his Christmas music. He cries quite a few times. His dad didn't love him. During the- <laughs> Much like uh, Santa didn't love that boy that he forgot. He sent a note to Santa for some soldiers and a drum. It broke his little heart when he found Santa hadn't come. Yeah, he didn't have a daddy, so Santa didn't come see him. This guy did have a dad, but from what we can gather through the bits we learn, he just wasn't emotionally there for Mitchell. Sure. Which I, I happens think. all the time. I believe he, he was present. Much, he doesn't go into too much detail. He plays video, I mean, he plays, not videos, he plays audio recordings of them together at Christmas. I think he just, and I then, don't know, maybe he left after that. And his dad's going, uh, you're hugging me too hard, son. No. <laughs> but it was very sweet. So he really identified with this song with this little boy. There's some animations in this. There's a little animation of Baby Mitchell. I wasn't against the style of this. I thought actually no. it was okay. Yeah, it was pretty good. I thought I hated and then grew to love the weird collages they did. Yeah. At first I thought it was really about to be really cheesy but it was actually fun i mean it's a movie about christmas music so there's it's gonna stink like old cheddar (laughs) it wasn't that bad i would commend it on the very small percentage of 
mainstream Christmas music that we heard. Yeah. There is a moment where they play a little rocking around the Christmas tree, Jingle Bell Rock kind of music because they're talking about how Christmas music was kind of fuddy-duddy for a long time. It was a cash grab. And it was for rich white people pretty much. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what they said. For a long time, it was like very kind of buttoned up music that was for like the higher echelons of society more fancy, fancy, fancy Christmas music. Right. They and talked then, about when they were younger in the 50s, 40s and 50s, people who were kids in that time, mm-hmm. how it wasn't as exploded now as it was then. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you had Elvis come or, out. Or it wasn't as exploded then as it was now. And then all of a sudden you have Elvis and Brenda Lee and these cool rock and roll folks that you love on the radio singing Christmas songs. And all of a sudden it's hip and cool and relatable to everyone. And then it blew up because it was like, if Elvis can have a number one record with a Christmas song, then anybody can. Then it became like a, a cash grab. Now anyone yeah. can just drop a, like a, a dumb Christmas album and sell 25 grand and could pay a house off with it, maybe. He shows us a record at one point with like three or four bands mentioned on the front of it, none of which I recognized because he said that's pretty much the only record any of them ever cut. Right. But it was wide enough sold to be able to find at Amoeba Records. Were there Christmas records that you liked to listen to growing up? Did you listen to a lot of 90s country Christmas shit? You know, yeah. I mean, like I said, that Tinder Tennessee Christmas is one. Uh, my Our nanny really loved uh, Willie Nelson. And so there's like certain songs, like not necessarily albums, like Pretty Paper. Pretty Paper. Pretty Ribbons Blue. Wrap your presents to your darling from you. Gets me, like, still to this day makes me cry. Like, and that was, like, a really big Christmas song. Chipmunks. All right, you chipmunks. Ready to sing your song? I'll say we are. Yeah, let's sing it now. Okay, Simon. Okay. Okay, Theodore. Okay. Okay, Alvin. Alvin. Alvin! Yeah, Christmas that seems to be very for sure common. was a huge one. That's sort of the only one I can think of that was like an album that we listened to. I and st- then when I was, I still like the Phil Spector Christmas record. Yeah, I with didn't the really. The Ronettes and the Bobby Sox and all that. That one's mm-hmm. pretty good. And Jingle Cats, of course. Jingle Cats, for sure. You could just play and play and doesn't get on anyone's nerves at all. When I was in, would it have been ninth grade? I don't know what year this record came out, but I was very much in love with the Mariah Carey Christmas album. I did love it. I really can't. That's the only Christmas album I can think of that I particularly bought. Once I had 
babysitting money. I don't think I bought other Christmas albums. Remember when I was a teenager, the band Everclear, remember that band? Yeah. They had a secret song, I think that was a Christmas song. Oh. Called I Will Be Hating You for Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for the Christmas card. Cynical, cynical yeah. Christmas song, which is maybe why I kind of liked it. And that uh, the Ramones song is Christmas time, I don't want to fight tonight. three-fourths of that band were Jewish, so. Well, there is a very rich history of Jewish people contributing to Christmas music. Yeah. The biggest selling single ever is still White Christmas, they said, at least at the time of the making of this documentary. Probably still is, I'm sure. You know that was written by a Jewish man, Irvin Berlin. Not my bag, but I've heard of him. The dude in this, Bill Adler, what was he from? He, uh, I think he was a producer at Def Jam like he was on the yeah. ground floor of it yeah and he's one of the guys who is a very avid Christmas music collector and he's a Jewish man yeah but he loves the Christmas music and he got into it after he married his wife he'd never celebrated Christmas before that but then he sort of hated the Christmas music until he started finding these sort of obscure Christmas songs and that's when he was like oh I can get down with this yeah and for like 20 years or something, he's been making Christmas compilations that he sends out to tons of people called Christmas Jollies, I think. Yeah, yeah. Our friend uh, James Brown. Yeah. Oh. Not the James Brown you guys are thinking of, but we have a friend who- White James Brown. White James Brown has a record store near here, but he used to make Christmas CDs every year. I'm sure, I don't know if he still does, but I have like four or five James Brown Christmas CDs. He's definitely these type of guys, people. Oh, definitely. Definitely. He could have been in this documentary, except he's not obsessed with Christmas songs. He just loves records. Sure. But uh, Mitchell Kazim, he gets around and he's on the hunt and he meets people who who touch base on a lot of these specific Christmas songs that he, he discusses. Oh, yeah. One of the first songs that got him collecting was Blue Xmas. Yeah. Or Blue Christmas by, it was on a Jingle Bell Jazz album. You just got to hear it. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a white one, but for me, it's blue. Blue Christmas. That's the way you see it when you're feeling blue. Blue Xmas. Right. And he found it randomly and noticed that it had Miles Davis on it and Bob, is it Doro? Duro. Duro? Duro. About to meet legendary bebopper, Bob Duro. Duro? Duro. Who created Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, he created Schoolhouse Rock. He seemed like a pretty cool dude. He went to meet with him and they talked about the whole experience of you know, Miles Davis calling Bob and saying, I want you to write me a Christmas song. And it's a very anti-Christmas Christmas song. Sidewalk Santa Clauses, 
are much, much, much too thin. Which it's is, pretty cool, which actually. Is very interesting. They're wearing fancy rented costumes, false beards, and big fat phony grin. And Miles, and Darrow had met Miles after he left Texas some years ago, and they'd been around each other. And then it wasn't until years later in LA when they officially linked into each other. And mm-hmm. Miles was like, "Write me a Christmas album." Mm-hmm. And then it's then they made Jingle Bell Jazz. We actually get a really cool scene where they. The uh, studio session recordings of Miles talking to Duro. Bob, watch your peas. Like up. You went up. What? Your pea pops. Okay. I gotta say them. I actually thought that was really neat. There is one they didn't play, but they talked about called Mr. and Mrs. Snowman. And they want to make a snow And baby. they want to make a snow baby. How do they do that? I don't know. Icicle. <laughs> Close your mouth, it's Christmas. Free design, yeah. Um, get to know the people in your house. You might like them. That was pretty great. They also cut an album because they were like a hippie band, but they also cut an album with the Air, an Air Force band because because it was Vietnam and Chris had to go to war. Oh yeah, and so he, he was, was then in he yeah he, the music scene in the Army or Navy. I'm really terrible at that. But wherever he was. Terrible at what? Army no, it, and Navy? I Well, I just don't remember if he was in the Navy or the Army or the whatever. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, the record but, was the Air Force. Okay, then he was in the Air Force. And because of that connection, the Free Design and another band got together with the Air Force. Which was crazy because Close Your Mouth, It's Christmas mm. is an anti-war song, they were saying. The song, it was against the... Uh, possessiveness of christmas though. yeah the consumerist nature of christmas way before it really ratcheted up into black friday deals and shit like that yeah now they god he'd probably hate it now i do like the aspect of this movie that does acknowledge a line of cynicism even amongst people who seem to weirdly enjoy this music for some reason like a lot of the stuff that's strange that got them into it it's stuff that isn't just totally sycophantic towards christmas it's mm-hmm. stuff that's like like twists it around quite a bit. Yeah, or even is a little dirty, like backdoor Santa. They call me backdoor Santa. I make my runs about to break a day. It's like you're saying anal Santa. I'm pretty sure he is. He's slamming buttholes. They show um, him being Clarence Carter now singing a live version of Backdoor Santa. And at the end, he literally goes. Yeah, I'm going somebody's backdoor tonight. What? He's going to get up a butthole tonight. That's what it sounded like to me. Anal. (laughs) 
He said he had to change some of the original lyrics before they recorded it. That alone tells me it's about anal. <laughs> we also for your chimney time. <laughs> I went down the chimney, but I couldn't get back up. So I had to go out the back door. You know what I'm saying? We also talked to my favorite, John Waters. When I saw that John Waters was in this movie, I was like, oh, this is why Angela picked this. If you look up this movie, the cover art on the internet is John Waters sitting the, in a chair. The show card I made for the image is John Waters sitting in the chair. Yeah, that's what I found when I first looked it up. And I was like, okay, this one. I didn't even read what it was about. I just It said Christmas music. I was like, okay. Angela's a big fan of John Waters. I love him. I like him too. First, I'm like, now she knows how I feel about the holiday and Christmas music. So I'm like, is she trolling me? You know? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Is she fucking with me? You remember that I went to John Waters' Christmas show five or six years ago? Yeah. And I met him, and I have a photo with John Waters that's totally like a Christmas photo. He had on a pink jacket with pom-poms all over it and uh, like a red tie, I believe. And I had like a red sweater on and like a Christmas brooch. We were very cute. I'll find it. I'm sure he remembers you. Maybe you can post it. Yeah, maybe I will. Anyway, it's so when maybe. I had bangs. My bangs days. What are some of John Waters' favorite Christmas songs? John Waters' maybe favorite Christmas song, or at least the song he started his own Christmas album with, was Fat Daddy Claus. I'm Fat Daddy. La, 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 la. I'm Santa Claus. Woo, woo, yeah. I'm Fat Daddy. La, 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 la. The reindeer boss. Yeah, Fat Daddy was a Baltimore DJ. If you have ever seen Hairspray, it's who Motormouth Maybell was based on. Hairspray, the whole thing, was based on the scene in Baltimore at the time John Waters was growing up. And there was a television show and an actual local DJ who would host like once a week when they had integrated dance days. And he made this album called... Fat Daddy Claus. All the kids in Baltimore, he said, black or white, were very familiar with oh, his yeah. Fat Daddy Christmas song. He was the coolest. He also, uh, there was this great song called Santa Claus is a Black Man. Hey, you want me as a vendetta this sight? You know what I found you last night? Just when mama turned out the light. Santa Claus is a black man. Santa Claus is a black man. Sung by a very little little girl. And her mom tells this rad story about how she took her daughter to see Santa Claus. And she was in this big line. And they get up to Santa Claus and Santa Claus is white. And she didn't necessarily expect anything different. But they decided we're going to go ask why. And they go to like the manager's office and they say, hey, you've got a lot of black patrons in your store. Why don't you have a black Santa Claus? And the next day, they had a black, black Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Santa Claus is a black man. Santa Claus is a black man and he can like my daddy too. Which is pretty amazing. Let's just make Santa Claus black. Why not? Like 
across the board. I'm cool with that. I'm telling all my white baby cousins and nieces that Santa Claus is black. And that the Santa Claus that they've been talking to is a liar mm. and fake. He is really a black man. And he's coming in the back door. Yeah, I'm going somebody's back door tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a black man who loves anal. <laughs> he's a fat daddy's club. Fat daddy, black man who loves <laughs> anal. I'm fat daddy. Look, white, brown, black, all Santas are black now. Santa Claus should just look like, what was that fuzzy animation in that 90s movie where everybody just looked like they were made out of static? What? It was this weird experimental animation movie that was made in the 90s where Keanu Reeves was in it, but it like... Oh, Waking Life. Is that what it was? I think so. And the people just or looked Scanner like... Or Scanner Darkly. Scanner Darkly. And they just looked like staticky. Then you're all colors. Okay. Santa Claus should be Scanner Darkly. In the future, Santa will be AI. And then he'll kill us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, write that Christmas song. Ooh, we also meet Run DMC. Yeah, this is not really a deep cut Christmas song, though. Christmas no, but Hollis. I feel like they went off on this tangent because someone said there wasn't any Christmas rap. So he was like, oh, yes, there was, and then had to show it. That's what it felt like. Well, that's literally the most infamous Christmas rap song. Yes. That, that is one that will definitely show up on Christmas mixes year after year. <laughs> Christmas and Hollis. It was December 24th on Hollis Avenue, the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog at the park. That first guy that we've already been talking to, right? That called Run DMC and was yeah, like, you Bill, need to write this. He yeah. He called Run. He called Run and he said. Over a hog's leg and some breakfast, he wrote this song. In like 15 minutes. Mm. He's got a, eggs on his paper. He's very proud of Christmas and Hollis to this day. It was really sweet too because Mitchell gave him an original record of the album yeah, and handed it to him. And I think Run just thought he was going to be looking at it. And Mitchell was like, it's for you. Merry Christmas. What? That's mine? It's yours. <gasps> what? Isn't this yours? No, it's yours. You have another one? Run was like, I feel like genuinely touched. He was like, seriously? Like, you're giving this to me? Like, do you have another copy? Like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. it was very sweet. I was worried about this documentary based on the first five minutes of this documentary because it started out, Mitchell's walking into Amoeba and then he's frantically searching through all of these records and CDs. And it was like he was having a panic attack about how much there was to go through before they closed in 10 minutes. Like Amoeba was never going to open again. As if people are pouring over these Christmas records, anyone but him. I mean, maybe he, I mean, we don't know where he's based out of. Maybe he had to catch a flight at 6 a.m. the next morning and that was his only chance to go to Amoeba Records. But he was flipping out that there was just too much for him to see. And he couldn't get through it all. It kind of reminded me of this story. My first love is comic art, sequential art, comic books of all kinds. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a, a free, they have free comic book day every year at comic book stores. Mm -hmm. And one year that they had this, um, I saw that what they were going to, I'm always working on free comic book day. And one year they were going to put out these old Mickey Mouse strip collections by this guy named Floyd Gottfordson, right? And I thought to myself, actually had this thought in my head. Oh my God, they're going to give away all these Floyd Gottfordson Mickey Mouse comics before I have a chance to get to them. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. 
So I go to the comic store the next day, thinking that there's not going to be anything there. Of course, all the stuff that's been taken up is like Avengers and Batman yep. and shit. Yep. The Floyd Gomerson Mickey Mouses, there's like a hundred of them yep. in the box. This very specific niche thing, I just assumed that everyone wanted this thing and that I had to get it and it wasn't going to be there because I had to miss it. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Mitchell was in that moment too. Like he was going to really miss out. But the thing is, these are all shoved in the bargain zones. Yeah. He's paying like a dollar for these things, you mm-hmm. know? It's that well, mentality when you're just into a very niche thing where your brain can trick you into thinking that this is something that everyone is obsessed with. But mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wait, no, no. And you kind of have to keep reminding yourself anyway. No, totally. Well, and he did think he was the only one for a long time. And then he started making all these friends who are the same way. If not worse. If not way worse. Oh, and the Flaming Lips guy? Wayne Coyne, yeah. Yeah, he was in here too. Guys, this is seriously exactly, exactly like Bedknob. Bedknob's over Broadway. <laughs> Bedknob's and broomsticks. <laughs> Bedknob's and broomsticks. Angela Lansbury's there. No, uh, Bathtub's over Broadway. Which is the documentary we've discussed. You could hear our episode on it about industrial musicals. A guy, Steve Young. Yes. Former writer for Letterman would collect these records that were put out uh, they were musical renditions about in, like industrial ballads, like company songs. Yeah, singing about bathroom fixtures or cars or fast food restaurants. It's really fascinating. I host that episode if you enjoy this voice. You and Jeremy you, are on that episode. Yeah, Jeremy and I are on that episode together. Bobby's not there, so if you don't enjoy his voice, you should check it out. I call in. There's some product placement. Oh, yeah. That was a really good episode. It was. But Let's anyway, just talk about that. Episode. Well, no, but I'm just I was, but to say that in these super niche groups, you do tend to find like super nerdy music people. Yes. But even some that are like famous or semi-famous that you might not think would be into something that you might consider so nerdy. Yeah, and it's not a big shock for me that Wayne Cohen would be obsessed with weird Christmas music. Sure. He's made some himself. Gosh, I haven't actually listened to the Flaming Lips in years. They've blown up since I've been in college quite a bit. They were a big deal to me in the 90s, and their album Soft Bulletin, which was released around when I was entering college, was Mm -hmm. a huge record. Still kind of very prominent in my mind at that age. So an important record in my lifetime, I would say. Yeah, I know some of their music, mostly from things you put on mix CDs for me. Sure. For sure. Uh, But I enjoy them. You remember that song that goes like, she uses Vaseline. Yeah. <laughs> Vaseline. Vaseline. Yeah. It was like their first big hit. That was them? Yeah. I totally know that song. Aw. Dr. Demento. Yeah, of course. Of course Dr. Demento is going to show up in a movie about weird Christmas music. His setup, it showed him recording, and it was interesting to me that he was in full costume, doing his radio show. 
near it, a wall. It was very weird. Unless not, he was faking. It's not that unusual if you know a little bit about I Dr. Mean, Demento. I feel like if no one's really going to see you, I guess he was dressing up maybe for the camera more than he might on a regular like day. We talked to the Sound Opinion guys. Uh, Sound Opinions is an NPR uh, album review show mm-hmm. hosted by... Uh, Greg Cott and Jim... Deragatis. yeah. They're uh, music critics, one's from Chicago sometimes, others from the Chicago Tribune. They've written like books about Wilco and shit. Mm-hmm. Jim Derrigatis uh, wrote a very extensive piece on R. Kelly's sex slavery that I think dropped, uh, was it earlier right. this year? Right. So, yeah, he's, uh, I think he's most well known for that right now. Sorry to break it down, bringing up R. Kelly. No, that's okay. I did. I kind of went to a place for a second. I bet R. Kelly adds a Christmas song. Have no fear. The Christmas spirit is here. I'm gonna dress up. Oh, I'm sure. He's well, got to. And I was just thinking about how we need to watch that docu-series. Well, Listener Request Month is in March. Oh, so, is it? Yeah. Okay, is that when we're going to finally do Errol Morris? Errol Morris? We've done Errol Morris. No, the, um, what is the one everybody keeps telling us to do? Wormwood? Wormwood. Well, if people request it, we'll do it. Well, March is also my birthday. That's fine. We can do Listener Request so, Month Could someone request birthday. Wormwood for Angela's <laughs> birthday, please? I think those are. I think we already have a few requests for that. I think you, I think you're right. I, but flood them in, guys, for I, my birthday. If I dig through my emails, I'll I could probably actually pad out March. But I've been telling <laughs> everyone to request again because no, I, that's good. They might have changed their mind about what they want to hear now. Yeah, yeah. Or we have new listeners. We do need one thirty for thirty. Okay. If I wasn't sick, I wish I wasn't sick. I'd be drinking right now since it's our Christmas episode. Maybe we can make you a hot toddy. After. You wanted me to write down Blind Lemon Jefferson Christmas Eve Blues. I want to say I'm loving like you have never seen before. Yeah, I just wanted to look that up. Yeah, it's cool. I'd like to hear that song. They, Someone was very proud of having that single. What was one like Santa came in on an atomic bomb or something? Yeah, Santa came on a nuclear missile by what? Heather Knoll. I waited in the shadows all night. But when he came, he gave me a fright. Kind of a fun song. I like the way Heather sang in that song. I tell you though, a thousand song poems, and you'd have maybe five that were like worth something. Oh, for sure. A plethora of this shit. And there are collections out there, and I think a lot of these, it's hard to even credit like who sang what. There's just so much of it out there. But people would do this to feel like big stars. But really, they were just paying to play, you know? And then, so finding a record like that, like a 45 of one of those is a super exciting find for one of these kind of folks. Especially if it's a good one. Yeah. Like Santa 
came on a nuclear missile. Yeah, which means he jacked off on a nuclear missile. No. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Santa come like you've done all these years on your sleigh gone by reindeer. I have not been drinking. No, but you are sick. <laughs> There's a weird upside down camera and some very shaky camera stuff that felt out of place for the whole rest of this movie. Once we cleared the uh, the first hour... I felt like things were getting a little long. Yeah, me too. Because I was enjoying it. I wasn't hating it. Because when I saw it was like Christmas music themed, I was like, oh no. I feel like we're ready to review this, but we need to talk about the end. Oh yeah. He meets up. He goes to a Calypso record shop in in Brooklyn. That's been there for 40 years. And he's looking through a bunch of Calypso Christmas records. So it's a big find. He's talking to the owners. Bill. He goes there with Bill. So of course Bill knows these guys. Mm Mm-hmm. And they talk about that Nat King Cole song, The Boy Santa Claus Forgot. And they're drunk. They're drinking Grey <laughs> Goose and Pepsi. Yeah. And they're wasted. And they're like, yeah, we should do a Calypso cover of this song. And they're all laughing and cutting up together. They shake on it. They shake on it. Mitchell starts crying. Oh, my God. This is incredible. I got tears in my eyes. Yeah. Mitchell's very weepy. He is. He feels a lot. He does feel a lot. Boy. That Nat King Cole song fucked him up. Yeah. It's like his, he feels like it's his story. At first I'm like, okay, they're just drunk, shooting the shit. Y'all quit making drunk promises. Drunk promises don't happen. But sure enough, the following year, they all get together and they make this song. He's a little boy that Santa Claus forgot. And goodness knows he didn't want a love. Twenty five people playing on that song. Yeah, because they had horns. Well, a calypso drums. band. It's kind of a lot of elements. I've just never there. seen a calypso band. I guess in person or in like they were in a tiny room. Maybe that's why it just seemed like so very many people because oh, they was, were in a tiny studio. There was a studio above this record store mm-hmm. where a lot of the records that they were looking through were made. Yeah, and that's why he was like, hey, we should make this record. He wasn't just randomly saying that. They actually had a studio. Yeah. It was pretty great. Yeah, it was fun. And he got he got really uh, weepy there, too. Um, Just let me, give me a minute. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, he made a little speech. It was very endearing, if not a little long and <laughs> weepy. And then uh, towards the end here, we go through like a little montage of him. Everyone he talks to in this movie, he gives a record to. And it's like the kind of record that everyone exactly wanted. Mm -hmm. It was very sweet. Yeah, it was very nice. Is there anything else you can think of? (laughs) Um, Christmas. Christmas. What do you think we're doing right now? Oh, what date does this this come out? This This episode will come out. Is it Monday the 23rd? Is that right? Yes. Oh, man. So it comes out at 9 a.m., right? 9 p.m. Oh, 9 p.m. Okay, well, so we're at your cousin's house. Yeah, we're up in uh, Massachusetts. Probably hanging out with some babies. Yeah, dogs. Because it'll be 8 o'clock there. Yeah. Hanging out with some dogs and babies and cousins. Probably drink a little eggnog. Yeah. Maybe a Christmas hog's leg. (laughs) Maybe. Probably not in front of kids. No. No. A little Christmas cocaina. No. No, just test. Not you. that kind of snow. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever snorted snow? 
Snorted snow? I mean literal snow. No, I have not snorted literal snow. Snow cane? No. I call it snow cane. That's crazy. That would hurt so bad. Did you ever snort pixie sticks? No, but we all knew a kid that did. Oh yeah. I think I might have. No, I don't think I did. You wouldn't know if you snorted pixie yeah, sticks. Yeah, then I didn't. I didn't. I don't snort things. Yeah. I use nose spray. <laughs> cold medicine got me like. Snort cold medicine. Oh, you're cold medicine. Silly. Oh boy. I am a little whacked out. Mm-hmm. I got the Christmas I got the Christmas blahs right now. Okay, well, you ready to wrap it up? Yeah. Hey, Bobby. You looking for a back door, Santa? <laughs> what about a front door, Santa? <laughs> what about a side door, Santa? <laughs> you know he's a black man, right? <laughs> Called Fat Daddy. Uh, uh, what were you saying? We don't rate documentaries and stars. No, we don't. Those kind that you put on top of the Christmas tree. Not that goddamn North Star. <laughs> God, those wise asses. <laughs> oh. But we <laughs> we raid in Herzogs. So you're going to give this five, one to five Herzogs. And you're I'm, telling me no, I have to give I'm this not, five. No, please don't, actually. Don't give it five. You're going to give this one to five Herzogs. I'm going to give this one to five Herzogs. Go. It seemed like it was designed for me to hate it, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't blow my mind out. I think it went on a little long. I think it could have been a little bit more compact. But Mitchell, I could tell that it was important to Mitchell Kazine, mm-hmm. and I appreciated the sincerity that he brought to it. Yeah. And I like the balance of sincerity with the acknowledgement that Christmas isn't always like so such a great happening thing. Yeah. And that acknowledgement is kind of what helps him fuel the this other side of Christmas music. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, as much as I don't like Christmas music, probably some of the more interesting Christmas music I've ever heard, I heard in here. That's true. So I'm going to clear just, uh, he doesn't mention Jingle Cats. No, which no, is no animals at all. And Jingle Cats is just a record that you can put on. No one will complain. No one will say it to ask you to turn it off. They'll probably ask you to turn it up. <laughs> you, just, you just let it play and play and play and play and play. And play 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 and play. Okay. On and on and on and on and on and on. Sure. I give it just over the old Herzog average, a 3.25. Okay, okay. You know what? It's Christmas. I'm giving it a 3.5. Okay. I agree. I'm also giving it a 3.5. I think that it was fun. I honestly did not know exactly what it was about. I just knew it was about Christmas music. You just saw John Waters. I just saw John Waters and was like, if he's involved, it's got to be cool. So I'm in. It was kind of cool. And I knew it was about Christmas music. I actually thought it was about the history of Christmas music. I'm glad it was not. Me too. Me too. It was better than I thought too. I was kind of dreading it. But it was fun, and I really want to have a CD of some of these songs. Yeah, maybe get Mitchell Kazine to make you a mixtape. I wonder if you could find on the internet somewhere where these songs have been compiled, a la Bathtubs Over Broadway, I think where you, you could f- just... Yeah. I mean, there are guys that... that playlist. There have to be, yeah. There's got to be a Spotify, Jingle Bells Rocks... 
Jingles, bells, rocks. I think a little finger on the keyboard grease will probably land you some, uh, some, some, uh, some gold. That's what I want for Christmas. Finger keyboard grease? No. <laughs> CD of these songs. Okay. 3.5. Take your 3.5. Combine it with my 3.5. And you got 7 out of 10 herd socks with Santa hats on. Yay. Four. Jingles, bells, rocks. Exclamation point. <laughs> By Mitchell. Kazim. Kazim. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce sure. it. Sure. A cute little movie. Anyway. Merry Christmas, dear. Merry Christmas, Bob. I hope wherever we are, we're warm. Yes. You know what? We're not going to be with our dogs for Christmas. I keep thinking of that. Stop it. We'll be with some dogs. We'll have to cuddle them hard. It is kind of weird. I just got really sad. I don't like that. I know. I don't like being away from them at all. It is weird. We're going to be gone for a little while, too. But we got to make our most of it. We got to keep our mind occupied. We'll go into the city, the city of Boston, look at some Christmas lights and shit. Yeah. We'll have a good time. We got to keep our minds occupied. I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to do it. It's going to be different. It's going to be fun. It's. I'll try not to complain. <laughs> too much okay alright okay and to our listeners because this is our last full episode you will hear one more short episode from us before we go into the new year mm-hmm. which we'll put a fine stamp on it then but to all you listeners who've been with us we've we've gotten a lot of new listeners this year they've been very vocal very supportive and uh, we wish you a, a Merry Christmas a Happy Holidays Hanukkahs Kwanzaa or if you don't do anything at all, we hope you're having a good time. Merry fat fucking nothing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Merry fat fucking nothing. I think we were pretty clean until right then. Yeah. Except all that anal talk. Pussy anal. <laughs> anal, anal queef <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> That's what I want for Christmas. Mm, I love you. I love you too. Um, we love you all. Yeah. Let's say it at the same time. One, two, three. Keep on. Did you I think know I was going to say that? Say. <laughs> were you going to say Merry Christmas? I thought we were going to say we love you. <laughs> okay, we can say that too. One, two, three. Merry. We love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's try it one more time. You did that on purpose. I really did. What am I saying? I'm I'm sick. <laughs> You're saying I love you. One, two, three. I, I love, love you. you. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Keep, Keep on, on docking. docking. <laughs> you got any Christmas final? You're shaking your head like there's something wrong. <laughs> I find it perverse that you're asking. Gimme, 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 gimme. Gimme. Uh, I think the dog scratch. I'm gonna let him in. Okay. Hey, dogs. No, no, only one. Only the little froofy one. The Shih Tzu, the old one. Oh, 
I went down the chimney, but I couldn't get back up. So I had to go out the back door. You know what I'm saying?